Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. There's a place here at the table, your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic, cause your waistband's gonna get tight. Take time's done, we're having a night. Hi everyone, today we're starting a very special two-part episode. Ooh, two-parter. That's right, on a very, very big topic, hence two parts. We're talking about taste and not the kind that comes from your taste buds, not the kind you would think we'd be talking about uh, with food. We're talking about taste as in your aesthetic taste, your taste in art, your taste in culture, friends, whatever. We're talking about what makes good taste, what makes bad taste. Can Is there it be even learned? such a thing exactly. as good taste or bad taste? So we're going to be diving into that and segueing also into tablescaping, a very oh. strange, whimsical, secret world that not Ari and a- I know nothing about. <laughs> exactly. And I don't think a lot of you do either. Or, you know, DM me if I'm wrong. So yeah. so for our first part, we have on the amazing Kate Knoll, who is a really good friend of ours and mine. Hello. She's waving in the <laughs> studio. Can't see her. Um, we went to drama school with Kate, and she's a set and costume designer, and we've both worked with her a bunch of times. She currently, right, has the show down at the Lucille Lortel called The White Devil, directed by our other friend, Louisa Prosk. Amazing. New York Times critic pick. Um, (laughs) Can't wait to see it. She actually did the costumes and the sets for this short film that I did called Yo-Yo that I made with my friend Nicole Delaney. Funnest time in L.A. I've ever had. So fun. It was great. (laughs) That's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's lived in Rome. She's lived in the Netherlands. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah, Amsterdam is the Netherlands. It sure is. <laughs> I was like, go on. I have I no idea. Think, I think she's like one of the chicest people I know, oh, has impeccable you. taste. And clearly a very refined sense of how things should look. And exactly. she's a set designer. I'm wearing Great a black eye. turtleneck right now. So yeah. Black turtleneck, but with a silver stripe in her hair. I mean, I feel like that I is can't the epitome help that part, but of she. Yeah. But you could. It could be a, a person who dyed their hair, but yeah. you're not, nope. which is so much cooler. Okay. So, is there such a thing as good taste? And is there such a thing as bad taste? Like, yes. How, okay. All right. Let's it's such a good get question. into it. It's a scary question, It's too. a really scary question because my, my dream in life is to become, like, a connoisseur, like, the matriarch of, like, what is taste oh, and write some sort of, like, a you know, four-foot-tall tome of, like, an encyclopedia of, like, <gasps> the elements of taste. But anyway, oh, my gosh. Why did I... Mm. <laughs> what is good? Is taste? there such a thing as good? Is taste? there such a yeah. thing as good taste? And what is it? I guess. Um, I I because I think that there is just like a literal four foot tome of excavation. I can't say that there's good taste or bad taste. It mm-hmm. seems like there shouldn't be a hierarchy in the world of taste. However, 
you know when you see something that's in really bad taste, right? So what are the rules? What are the rules? <laughs> what are the rules? These like elusive rules. And well, because I think that that's a thing, right, where it's like, okay, leopard print and hot pink shiny patent leather in one circumstance. I always go like, for the leopard print being like, I hate, like leopard prints in the worst taste. But, but there's so many cases where it's absolutely impeccable taste. Yeah. Exactly. So it's about a mix of well, things. What I, for sure. In yeah. pondering this, what I came up with is good taste is not making anybody else feel embarrassed or uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. bad taste is making other people feel bad or like I think that things that are undeniably bad taste are like being cruel. Yes. Like that's just in absolutely, taste, you know? Yes. And like you know, making fun of someone it, that's in poor to their face, in <laughs> you know, is in poor taste, right? Yeah. Because it's like I think that there are some things that are comfortable and ugly, but that maybe they're kind of in good taste because there's something so sort of genuine to that person about it. I also right. think like I hate the word authenticity, but I think yeah. that authenticity is in good taste. It's like if you're doing something and you are doing it with everything you've got and you really believe in it. That's in great taste. Well, I think uh, that there's like this this I'm doing air quotes right now, authenticity, authentic like Brooklyn aesthetic, which right. or or like this authentic world that the world is trying to like go on, yeah. Turn into a consumable exactly. market, and that is just inherently not authentic. So what's actually yeah, but- authentic is what's true to a individual person or community. Yeah. That is just hard to, like, turn into a commodity, basically. Right. But it begs the question, like, can you can you which manufacture why we authenticity? Word, right. Which I, I mean, you're a set designer. I don't think you can. I don't well, absolutely yeah. don't think you can. And I think good taste is difficult because it comes down to an individual <laughs> having well, an intuition s- about something. And that's just not – I think you can sort of teach it, but you're, like, literally just teaching it person to person, not, like – a class. Right, because then it stops being it stops being good taste, right? If everybody right. has the exact same thing, then it becomes cookie cutter and it ceases right. to be like refined well, or can something be like mass market and still in good taste? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I think so. Yeah, I do too. Sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like this also brings up the subject of something being unique. Yes. And that that is part of what taste has to do with is like trusting your own desire and aesthetic eye and senses to really go for what you want and not being very scared. Yes. Which is hard. I, I, I remember I was I, when I was like thinking about these questions, I was thinking about a, like there was some period in high school where I stopped dressing like myself mm-hmm. and like really just started wearing kind of like... Do you know who like, you are in high school anyway? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it was like I had always just kind of worn really crazy shit my whole life and then I got to high school, and I think it was, like, 10th grade. I just, you know, started wearing just really, for lack of a better word, like, basic shit. And I don't mean <laughs> basic like, oh, they're basics. I mean just trying to clearly look like everyone else, which mm-hmm. is very not how I usually am. But it, I do think that there's this sense of, like, that I had lost my way aesthetically. Yes. And yes. not that I've necessarily gotten it back. I mean, <laughs> I pulled out a leopard <laughs> shirt from my closet the other day, and I went, what the fuck is this? But... <laughs> 
But yeah, but animal print's kind of never out though. It's always I know. like it's never in and out. out it's every never few in. Years. It's never out. I have <laughs> head to toe leopard. I could amazing. Yeah, but I mean that you bring up an interesting point because I feel like part of the fascination of like taste personally, my life has been it has been it's it evolves. Mm-hmm. Something that you yes. th- you like loved at a certain period of your time that you think actually defines you and defines your taste. You might find that you're like. Just really tired of it, yeah. Like, or embarrassed, oh, by or it. embarrassed by it. Exactly. Totally. Like when I was in, you know, uh, I don't know, college. I was like, oh, I love Louis the Fourteenth and Rococo. I mean, like, you, it's just <laughs> such a, it's like a <laughs> guilty pleasure Baroque. type of yeah. a thing. And now it's like, and I still love Baroque because I love Italy and all that stuff for historically, but like aesthetically, I'm just like. Bored by it. But what's also fun uh, is that maybe it it'll might, come back. It might know. come back. <laughs> yeah. And like, no, I mean, I have witnessed in myself so many times when I'll see a shoe in a magazine and go, that is the ugliest fucking yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. And I know that in two months, I'm going to want that pair of shoes. Yeah. And just There's like something clockwork. about hating something that makes you think about it more, that makes you appreciate it but more, I, that makes you actually end up liking it. But like, I also yeah. think that so many things tread this fine line, which I love. And I actually think like in terms of the fashion world, like Gucci is doing a lot of this right yeah. now, is like things that are really, it's teetering excellent and terrible taste. <laughs> yeah. Like it's cheesy, it's gaudy, it's clunky. It's like, but then there's something like really fucking awesome about it. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah kind of carefree. And I love like, that. Fuck everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like that's, I think, irreverence. Tends to Irreverence be great is taste. especially these days great yeah. taste. Well, I, I was thinking about like what you know what is good taste, and I was like, there's no, there's no rules for good taste, right? Obviously, but there's so many rules. Yeah. But I think what the <laughs> mm-hmm. what good taste is is actually navigating where to follow the rules and where to break the rules. Right. For sure, and that is good taste is figuring out exactly what the conversation is between what you accept and what you don't accept. Exactly. Like, what would you say, if you have any ideas, (laughs) are what would you say are some of the rules? Well, I think a pretty big one is not to be Mm -hmm. self-promotional. That was one of my – I was thinking about, like, what are these rules and when is it really not good to, like – Break these rules, and that's almost like you know a, a manner too, like a uh-huh. you know yes. Yeah. Taste, yeah. Dips taste into isn't like just social. aesthetics. Yeah, exactly. Taste is like yeah. I mean, but I'm thinking about like dinner parties mm-hmm. where I'm like, when you're at a dinner party, are you there to serve yourself or serve your guests? When does it become sycophantic, and mm-hmm. when does it become self promotional? Like, yeah. where do you draw? Where do you? What do you do to sort of make everyone feel like you were saying earlier comfortable and happy in a space but without tooting your own horn and being like am i aren't i the greatest because i made you yeah. all feel so great you know <laughs> yeah. like how do you just like let it be what it is without being right. an asshole about it yeah yeah <laughs> but it's funny because the self-promotional thing is really tricky nowadays with instagram and social media it's like i think most of that stuff's I mean, horrible i think it is, yeah, it is. The <laughs> worst but seriously like i i i mean I'm not on Instagram, and I will see a person's profile that I'm friends with. I'm like, 
oh my God, I didn't know that this was a person who put selfies of themselves up. I know. And I'm like, I don't, thank God I'm not on Instagram. Yeah. I have no friends left. Yeah. Yeah, but then <laughs> it's a weird time because you, especially as artists, like you kind of have, have to, to yeah. play that game a little bit. I mean, it's just, you know, when they're debating who to hire for the next series regular on Game of Thrones, the prequel, you know, Ooh. they're looking at oh who God. has more Instagram followers, which is crazy. That is a crazy notion, and, yeah. And I don't, I don't think that is a rule, but it's just something that exists. And, it, you know, I keep hearing from people and every artist listening will know this, like, you know, you are your business. You are yeah. the entity of you. You are what you're selling. And so why not use – I understand why, but there's a balance. And I also think that word is another – is a huge thing, arbiter of good taste is mm -hmm. balance, you mm -hmm. know. And I'd say uh, restraint is a rule, you know. People like Totally. I guess not, not not just in terms of, like, restraint in bouncing back between the rules, if that makes sense, but, like, restraint in – Let's say you're decorating your apartment. Like you're not going to put up every single piece of art that you have. Uh, although, you know, mm. I definitely uh, do. I, I do. <laughs> or, <laughs> My apartment's like a salon. Yeah, like, I mean that's I awesome too. Then that's yeah. a look. But you know, there's just holding back in some way always feels very difficult and therefore like kind of elevated and in good taste. Well, there's like. You know, there's sort of two different ideas of, like, before you leave the house, take one item off. Oh, or yeah. there's, like, before you leave the house, <laughs> right. add another item. Oh, no. And I think, like, both are totally right. great, you know? The only wrong answer is the number of items you have on currently. <laughs> you answer number one, away. be insecure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely just have to lean into it. I mean, get, yeah, you're right. It's like... I say, like, self-promotion is a rule that you should, like, you should not self-promote. But, like, this millennial world is, like, all about self-promotion. Yeah. Is self-promoting not going to be in bad taste in the future? And that's just going to be, like, something my brain has to, like, that's a huge paradigm shift. <laughs> or my brain to accept it and, like, be able to paradigm. see good taste through that <laughs> lens of, like, self-promotion and selfies. <laughs> I don't know. I, no, I'm too I'm, old. I'm, I'm, I, no, no, no. I don't think it's that we're too I think old. It's I shifting, think it's But I don't know. If, I think there'll still be an idea. No matter what, people will have opinions about the quality and value of something. I also yeah. could imagine, though, in five years, us, you know, being like, God, can you can you believe that people for a period of time took selfies of themselves on the subway unabashedly? Yeah. I <laughs> like, hope so. I, I hope that it I goes that, in that direction. I hope that's the world in the Wait, future. Wait, okay. So where does taste come from and can it be learned? <sighs> Well, let me say this, please. Please. Mm -hmm. Since it. we were just talking about social media as kind of a segue, I think it's incredibly difficult right now to kind of learn and harness your own one's own taste and be purely subjective just because we live in this, uh, uh, you know, visual world, digital world that is completely controlled by algorithms. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it's if good taste is figuring out your own voice in a sense and your scroll. I mean, even even if you're not on Instagram, your your the ads that pop up on the internet. No matter how many cookies, how many times you turn off cookies, it just seems like the world is feeding you the same images over and over and over again. And it's sometimes hard. I just moved, and so in decorating my apartment, I'm like, wait a second, do I like that or do I not? Or do I not? Like, I don't even know. It just keeps popping up so much yeah. that I'm like, I must have that mm -hmm. idea or look or, you know, object. It's just, it's really hard to find your own voice when when the thing that you you look at four hours a day is telling you. I think, I think a lot of good <clears throat> taste comes from uh, worldly experiences. Yes. <laughs> well, not necessarily like needing to travel around the world, but being exposed to lots of different 
cultures around yeah. you, even in your own town, and especially in New York City, where it's like there's like hundreds of thousands of different subcultures that you can like access that all have an aesthetic, have a have a have a a culture that it doesn't necessarily have to be defining aesthetic taste, but just the fact that you're like really yeah. into like ballet folklorico is like going to define like what colors you like to wear. But I do, you know, but, um, but I think that it, it, so it doesn't necessarily have to be like, Oh, I've traveled all over the world and that means I have good taste, but you have to be able to like see these things and remember them and gather them so that when you're decorating your apartment, you're not like ultimately only influenced by your effing Instagram ads. You know what I mean? That you can be like, that's a cool thing that'll go really well with this like right. crazy tapestry I got in China. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I do think that exposure is a big thing because through yeah. that you can learn really what you like, what mm-hmm. you are drawn yeah. to, right? But I think I mean it's hard. You know, it's like I think I I totally think that there is a way of not learning what quote unquote good taste is, but just learning how to define your own Mm -hmm. because there are you know it's often like yeah you go into a store and you're like I think that I like that I can't tell if I like that you know like for instance I think the Scandinavian aesthetic is great it is not my aesthetic you know like (laughs) there's nothing Scandinavian strangely actually I have a lot of pieces of furniture that are Scandinavian no but you do a really good job I have plenty of Scandinavian furniture in my house but they don't look Scandinavian (laughs) in the you know (laughs) from the big Scandinavian box store obviously that's it's more that? of a <laughs> yeah. Ikea. Oh, oh, oh. How are we supposed to uh, like, is this announce a... it? It's called I- Ikea. 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 Yeah. Um, you do a good job f- filtering it, you know? It's almost as if your your Scandinavian pieces, like, came came through the Sophie, like, went through the Sophie machine. Right. <laughs> like oh, the car wash. Taste is a filter. Out. I mean, taste, personal taste yeah, is a filter. It's a filter. Obviously, it's sort of, like, what gets through yeah, becomes who you are. True. And I don't think you can, you have to, like, I don't, like you were saying, define taste. I don't think you have to define it ever. I think taste yeah. is, like, a river. It's, like, a flow. Oh, it's not like you have to, like, see something <laughs> and be like, oh, that fits into my brand exactly. or like, not. Put that on my Pinterest board. You know board. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of like you might be surprised at what you like. And you also might be surprised at what you don't like because you're like, well, that looks just like that other thing that I love, but why do I, like, hate yes, it? Yes, yes. That's <laughs> always an interesting yeah. phenomenon. You know, and it's like either is your taste shifting or is there something more subtle about that thing that you're just like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, and often I could be – it could be proportions. I just want to talk about proportions. I love, oh, I love proportions. <laughs> because I was thinking about this with you, right, that, like, Ari and, you know, as actors – well, I don't know. I don't know shit about proportions, honestly. But thinking about, like, laying a table, like, you know, how big things are, where things are placed, all of this stuff, how big a table is in relationship to a room, like, yes, all of this stuff. Tell, yeah. uh, tell me. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I don't think there's, like, a – obviously, there's no rule for it. But right. it's, like, it, if you're going to have a dinner party, like, how many people are coming over what is the feeling you want to have at this dinner party? Do you want it to be an intimate gathering or do you want everyone to be everywhere? Yeah. Right? Like have a small table that everyone sits at and like is like four, so, four feet away from the farthest person, like right. tiny, or have a tiny table because everyone has to go sprawl out on the couches. Like, But, okay, so let's say that you're having four people over but you have a big table. Oof. Well, you just gather them all down at one end. Yeah. Right? 
it so makes it, it forces it to be more casual because you're clearly not like making it a grand yeah. thing. But I mean, I, so I then like, lean in to like, this is like a kitchen table dinner. Yeah. Like it's casual. <laughs> and if you had time and resources, you could get really creative and do like buy know. some friends to fill up the rest of the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I'm thinking, you know, along the lines of tablescaping, like what you could make some like gorgeous cascading, like <gasps> floral arrangement that oh. on the one half of the table you weren't using that mm-hmm. kind of like. Yeah, oh drip God. down I'm and picturing a cornucopia. For four people? Yes. For four people? Well, like on the other is, side of the table that no one is sitting these at. These are they, three very They're very important people. people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, there's this quote in um, this article. I think Talk it's Talk about proportions. One. You want to have like – if you have a small amount of people, you don't want – too much going into like per capita, right? That's fair. <laughs> otherwise it feels a little bit like why is this right. person trying to sell me? <laughs> yes, right. It's like are you tra- are you coming on to me? Yeah, right. Why are you trying to seduce me? But I think there <laughs> actually is a funny thing there of like the what is the right amount of effort, which is weird because like I love to put an effort when I'm oh, making yeah. a dinner party, but you want it to feel effortless, right? right? Like you don't want it to feel effortful. Right. Unless it's like, oh, I happened to be at the you know, at the flower market today and I bought all these things and I was just dying to make an arrangement and so I did and I'm so glad you guys are here to yeah. see it. You're like, I went to the flower market and had an existential crisis and it's not about you. It's just I can't yeah. it's just I needed a cornucopia. <laughs> yeah. Well you know what I was thinking about in terms of proportions is like I think a tall arrangement is so beautiful, Mm. but if you're at a dinner party and the arrangement is blocking your view, that's in poor taste. Yes, I completely agree. I mean, or not functional. Yes, kind of becomes in poor taste. I think or bad taste. Completely something that doesn't feel well. That's why I was thinking about like, well, what is my like? What would my tablescape aesthetic be? Not that I would deign to define it but i was like what are the things that like a tablescape is supposed to be it's supposed to be appetizing for one yes so and it's supposed to be inviting in conversation it's yes. not supposed to barricade people it's not supposed to suck conversation because no, we're like to, looking yeah. at it which is why it's funny that these tablescape competitions are all about the tablescapes because it's like unless nobody has anything to talk about and that's all that you have to talk about is like, why is there a little polar bear coming out of that kumquat? Right. Like, <laughs> right. No one has anything but to say. So it's very to really creative about tablescape. <laughs> and that indicates sort of a little bit like you don't have any trust in your guests that they can actually carry on their own conversations, which is in poor taste maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like ultimately if you're having a dinner party, you want something that's going to like feel appetizing, whether that's like actually putting food on the table mm-hmm. or something edible like fruit or something that feels abundant like plants of course or even if you don't have plants live things around you could make things that look at a not edible but like you could put like colorful yeah, like balls, balls or and, bowls yeah. or something you know that feels like i don't know bountiful in bountiful. some way yeah mm-hmm. exactly bountiful is the right word and like cut Kind of celebratory, but not too much, you know, right. not to the point of excess, but just And like, that's like if you're having a dinner party where it's sort of like either family style or buffet or whatever. But if you're having something where it's like plated, then maybe you want to like clear off the riffraff. Yeah. And just, yeah. Candles, you have, candles, you know. candles. Yeah. Or if you have like big platters out or something, yeah. obviously, right. Like you want to take all your sculptural elements off the table. Right. But. Well, apparently there were these two kind of prevailing styles service of tablescaping. Yeah, of Française. Yes. Service à la Russe. And it seems like we are now more the service à la Russe 
Did I say that? Okay. Yes. Wait, yeah. What so, is the service de la, uh, Okay. The a la Francaise is like um, the older French tradition of things being plated. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. Oh, so, brought all the dishes to the table So at it's once. like that would be what we nowadays call like reste because like you have all of the, the big platters out on the table. Right. Mm-hmm. Service à la Russe was like basically they would bring around oh, right. yeah, and yes, serve yes, you yes. individually. So like so restaurants. the table would be bare though until they served you your food. Right. Or it would probably have like a samovar on it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it would have like things on it, but not food. Right. It would have your finger bowl. Mm-hmm. It would have your samovar. It would have your caviar spoon. Right. Lots just, of spoons and forks. Oh my God. Just sidebar. Have you guys ever been to like those dinner show places in Brighton Beach? Those yes, Russian? I mm-hmm. have. Talk about tablescapes. Those are amazing. It's yeah. like two or three tiers of like cold cuts and vodka. I think tiered things oh, I love tiers. are I love tiers. huge. Levels yeah. are huge. Yes. But how do you do tiers in a way at home, right? It's like tiers. Cake stands. Cake stands. Uh, yes. I think cake stands and like bowls with legs, mm-hmm. if you can find them. <laughs> little feet. Good gams on these bowls. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so... Yeah. You can turn a bowl upside down and put a bigger bowl on top of it and use yeah, it as a that's stand. That's true, yeah. So then you really have and then you can make the impression that exactly that like of a bountiful dinner. It, make it look like it's being layered. propped up with its own food legs. Exactly. You guys are kind of blowing my mind because I, I love the idea of levels. Yeah. <laughs> Learn that one from nothing, Anna Garden. Nothing more than eye height. Obviously. No, no, no. Of yeah. course not. I mean, <laughs> you're not. Unless it's like you absurd, don't have a chocolate fountain. Like the biggest, right. well, well. Or do you? I mean, if you do, that's incredible. You know, it's a novelty. I don't. How do you make a table? This kind of goes back to what we were saying about, like, if something is masked, does that mean that it's not in good taste, which we all resoundingly said no. Um, how do you make a table in a setting special, even if you don't have, obviously, like, a proper set of silver or china right. or whatever, which, like, no one our age does, and maybe we never will? I think, I mean, you certainly don't need fine silver to have a beautiful place setting. I mean, you could get away with plastic forks and knives as long as you— Thought about them in Could some aesthetic you? way. I right. think that might be. I think that's. I think that's my poor because of plastic. Exactly. Well, I'm raising my hand. Yes, it's in poor taste because you're ruining the environment. If you do wooden chopsticks, go for it. I agree. But sometimes, like my sister had a wedding and she had plastic forks and knives because it was outside in like a picnic right, area right. and. She couldn't afford, yeah, not plastic. Right. Yeah. And it was like a cater. It was the catering was like a pizza truck, and yeah. it was like, what Super are you going to do? Like bring out your fun. silver. So yeah, no plastic is obviously terrible, but if need be, what she got was like a bunch of forks and knives and spoons in all these different cute pastel colors, and oh, it was fun. just a mix and match of different cute colors, different colored napkins, and the flower arrangements for all these different cute like little. Brightly colored like pastel dual tones. Yeah. yeah. And it was just a bunch of like abundance of color. And I mm-hmm. don't remember if they were like tablecloths or I think they were just white, but like, you know, it was I love just that. a bunch of like little dots of color everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, she'd had like, you know, picnic plastic, white plastic, or even the like 
silver, faux silver. I love that. Plastic. It's like yeah. you're trying to be something that you're not. Just like lean into the plastic yes, and like exactly. let it be what like it is. Leaning in is a big part of this. Mm-hmm. Is lean into what it is instead yeah. of trying to make it something that it's not. Yeah. Here, yeah. here. Actually, I have a funny story about that. Speaking of my own wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, tell. <laughs> Which is, so I got married in France two years ago. Yeah. And it, my grandmother's um, town or whatever, um, and a little teeny tiny village on, like, the top of a hill. And believe it or not, French people don't always have the best taste. <laughs> they, oh, I, I was believe noticing that. that. You think that the French taste and – no. Uh, no, well, no. It's like they, cargo capris are all over the south of France. Yeah. <laughs> Like cargo. Are you pants. saying those They've, are ugly? I'm not sure. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, well, um, but anyway, like there are a bunch of funny things where I was like, I didn't like research. Like where I got my hair done, where my grandma gets her hair done, and they gave me like Barbie hair, oh, and I had God. to have our friend Seth like redo it. Yep. Seth and Olivia like redid oh, my. Seth's hair. gotta come on. <laughs> they like took all of the bobby pins out and, and like, like redid it. the teasing. Angels yeah. undid this like weird like pin my curl nightmare. and like tried to like soften. It up anyway, but like I couldn't because it was my grandma's hairdresser and I just had to <gasps> do it, and it was the only game in town. Yeah. Um, and then we had to, she also insisted that the local butcher do our our catering. Okay. And in my like broken French, I like went in one day and they're like, here's a list of options, and they're like melon and prosciutto. And I was like, I love melon and prosciutto, mm-hmm. assuming it was slices of melon and prosciutto Uh-oh. in that like rustic. Provençal, (laughs) Italian, like, you know, just Uh strips of meat or whatever and um, beautiful slices of melon. And I, like, just didn't think anything of it until the day of my wedding. And on the table, what showed up was a mound of prosciutto over a piece of styrofoam no. that had like that like had like trailed off over like a longer no. platter and at the and around it were all these balls of melon at the top of this mound was half of a plastic <gasps> Marie Antoinette figurine oh and the prosciutto was her Kate? dress Kate. and there was melon all around as like this. the lace of her dress and we called her Marie Hamtoinette. Oh my god! I mean. And I was just like oh, I could never Seems like a ever have thought of this. Never ever could have I would never have asked for it and yet it is like the star the of the party. Guess what, Sophie? What? We have a website. Oh, I'm so excited about it. It's just launched. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to be the first people to see it and interact with it. It looks yeah. really good. So, guys, please visit our website because you can sign up for our newsletter. Mm-hmm. And then we're not going to, you know, inundate your mailbox with BS. It's just going to no, be... No, I'm the queen of unsubscribing, so I would never do anything that I would unsubscribe from. Exactly. So it's just going to land in your mailbox twice a week. It'll be short and sweet. No, once a month. Let's start this That's all what she meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to land in your mailbox every other day. Once Think an hour. daily. <laughs> We're going to want to check in with you every five minutes. <laughs> so go to having a night podcast.com, sign up for our newsletter, and of course, listen and subscribe. Is there such a thing as too much good taste? Ooh.
Yes. <laughs> I think the first person who comes to my mind is like people like Gwyneth Paltrow. We were just sort of like, interesting. just stop it with all the best stuff of your life. Just like, can we just right. see like the cracks? Some failures. Well, yeah. kind I, of what you mean is like over curation in over a way. Over curated. Exactly. Maybe it's not just like best taste, but it's like you're, when your life just seems too everything is just perfect it feels constrained like you need to have a little bit of like it almost feels clinical yeah the way that you can walk into someone's home who you know you might admire for having great taste and maybe they're very wealthy and they you walk in and clearly they have an interior decorator right do you know what i mean and it's too perfect and you don't you know every picture is like hanging perfectly i mean not that that's a great example because when a picture is askew it makes me want to kill myself but you know you want to see some some of the cracks some of the just a I few post-it notes like here or there right <laughs> just like a straight pen well just like the, the humans the countertop live there and exactly. that those humans are humans be a human yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. like you want to feel We're like you shit can relax like yeah. we don't have to all be on a golden throne like it's, yeah and it's very hard i think to relax yeah when things are curated to a t because right. you're kind of like oh Am I allowed to put my glass down? Or are you going to get me a very specific coaster? Can I put my glass here? Do I put my glass here? Totally. Like, it's just there's nothing. And I'm sure that her house is made to feel incredibly comfortable. But it's like, yeah, if you don't let there have anything that has almost like a handmade feel, you know, like... Like, yes. Or like a a touched feel. Or like something that's like an ugly plastic toy because your kids are kids and they're ugly plastic toys. Like, right. You or know. just like some, I mean, like I, I hate the idea of, I hate the word, the phrase like guilty pleasure, but like something that implies right. like, yes. I, I'm a person, yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I have Hershey's, I have like the makings for s'mores in my pantry or something. I don't know. That's like all I can come up with for Gwyneth. Right. That's that like her great. guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she does smoke a cigarette occasionally Love and that. I'm just like. Oh, at least she's got that going. Yeah, for her. I was thinking about a person who I consider to have the most impeccable taste in the world. This mm-hmm. woman, thank you Mika so Erdogan. much. Oh, oh, how awkward. <laughs> Mika Erdogan, and they would have at her house. They always had like um, cups full of cigarettes. And I just, I just always thought like there was something. Un- no, 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 like unsmoked. Oh, wow, wow, wow. It would be, you know, just like just these like beautiful leisure. little glasses you go. with cigarettes. <laughs> and there's just something about that to me where it's like the the implicit invitation for you to indulge and like be irreverent and or whatever. I just love that. A little you know, self-destruction that exactly. is, like, good. Like, you know? Let your hair down. We're not that. judging. Yeah. I mean, they're also of a different Other, generation. Exactly. Like, if it was There's our generation, different. that would be trying so hard, I think. I agree. Um, but for for another generation, yes, totally. I think it's very, like, it's an invite. Exactly. I think, I think good taste is has to be inviting, yes. especially when we're talking about dinner parties. But And so then, you know, the... Uh, the danger, the risk of too much good taste, rather, then it might make you feel intimidated mm-hmm. and unable yes. to be yourself as a guest or in that person's presence. And I also think if it in any way kind of deters a sense of humor, you know, it makes me think about how when I like throw a party and I'm making something decadent, I often will like scatter cheap, cute little candy on the table yeah. just to. I don't know. Bring balance. it back to exactly yeah. balance. Yeah. I think you're. I also think you're particularly good with that. But it's like, I mean, it's like 
we talk about with a high low thing, right? Of like maybe you're having champagne and you're having pizza or yes. whatever mm-hmm. the combination is, right? That it's like I made this beautiful, incredible chocolate thing that I put all of my I put so much effort into, and then like I crush up a bunch of Oreos and I scattered them all, you know, on top of it or whatever it is, just to kind of like do a little bit of a wink. Yes. So you're yes. not taking yourself too seriously. To show that you can You're yeah. down. I hey guys, I'm fun. I think, I mean, it's sort of like, it's sort of making me wonder, it's like, well, what is then bad taste? I, like, want to say there's no bad taste, but I do think there's, the bad taste is having no taste at all. It's like following some sort of doctrine about somebody's take on taste is like, and and being able to see that sort of dogma in their, like, aesthetic feels kind of like, okay, well, that person is not being themselves. They're just doing whatever this person tells them to do. I like that. Bad taste is just no taste. Yeah. Yeah. Bad taste can be fun. Yeah. But I also do think, Sophie, you were totally right and on to something in the beginning when you said that it is making other people feel uncomfortable or not welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't know if I went to someone's house, the, maybe the only time I would walk away and saying, oh, that dinner party was in bad taste is if it was like, I don't know, something they said. It happened to me one or, time. Mm. I went to a dinner party at this beautiful house and it was like catered and it was the whole thing. Yeah, I And I right. was seated in an annex room. Like Ooh. a kid's The kid's room? Except that I was an adult. Were with, you like, with three other people. I was at a party with my parents and like my dad and I were, se- were seated in like an annex with like a couple, and then literally the rest of it was like 20 people around a dining room table. I think that is what? in the poorest taste possible. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable to basically segregate people. Like, I, I don't even know along what lines. So strange. But that yeah. is in the – and so it's like, great, you have a nice aesthetic eye, but no taste when it comes to your interactions nothing with human beings. Nothing will excuse that. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, I'm like, if that person – ever invited me over again, I would tell her to fuck herself. Yeah, right. It's so rude. Yeah. It poor, like, good taste, first and foremost, is about humanity. Yeah. Like, and being... And also, like, uh, having an eye and a, a heart into yeah, other yeah. people. It's and like knowing who you are and wanting to know who other people. Yes. Like yes. having your authentic yes. self and wanting to interact with other people's authentic right. selves. Yeah. And I think that with dinner parties, it plays out in the form of generosity, not in, like, a money way at all, but in the form of, like, being welcoming, wanting people to feel the most version of themselves, right. wanting people to feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not just, like... Let's have some shots and loosen up. It's like, here I made this flower arrangement because it's beautiful and I want you guys to enjoy, to enjoy it. Yeah. My, the fresh fruit I also have over here. And what, I mean, like, yeah. Okay, guys, are we ready for a pop quiz? Sure. Okay. Gosh. Favorite color combination? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, red and magenta. Ooh. I love that one. I love that. It's going to be summer. So. How would you put it onto a table, like a summer table? One of the colors is a tablecloth, the other is the flower. Would you do like a like a red tablecloth with magenta napkins? Oh sure. Ooh, yeah. Love that. Loving this. Yeah. And you know, when you have like two I mean, two colors is hard, like, but a good proportion thing is sort of like, you know, you have these two singing colors and then what are the colors that are mm-hmm. the tertiary colors that come in and like yeah. complement these two colors? What together? would your tertiary color be? Probably a green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean Plant life is yeah. good. Our yeah. 
green or blue, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, all the colors would work with that combination. Yeah. That's a great combo. And I hate, and like, talk about taste slash rules that should always be broken. No black with navy blue. That's crazy. Oh, oh, no that's black with brown. brown that's, that's crazy. crazy. No, or not navy blue and brown. Oh, God. Totally great. fine. Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. In fact, some rules are really just old. Yeah, and my husband like asked me like, "Does this look good?" I'm breaking the rule, and I'm I like, know, "It the looks men great." Are very, yeah. They're very yeah, but they're very just like. Does well, this, it's is like this right or I, not? sometimes like, with men though, it's like they've been waiting to be told rules. So if they have totally. any rules, they're like, "I'm just going to grab onto this so that I don't look like a piece of shit every day." Leave the house. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, no black with brown. I can do that. Yeah, you know? yeah. What are your guys' color combinations? Green and purple has always been one of my favorites. I wanted to say pink and green, but then it felt like I feel like I've been seeing that color combination all over lately. Yes. Like that kind of millennial pink with like a mint green is just very on trend. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking about like – like a, like an evergreen and like a dusty rose. I love that. Like an army green or like say, something with a more muted pink. You can't just yeah. say two colors in general. I know it's you can't. always got to be. Yeah. You have to be specific. Cornflower blue you're and yes. like I don't know what the yellow is that I'm trying to describe, but mm. like there's a very like German yellow that I'm thinking of. Like a darker marigold. No, like a like a like a brighter yellow. Maybe it's marigold though. With, like, a cornflower blue. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I think my parents always have their table is always kind of yellow and blue based. Mm -hmm. Their plates are yellow and blue. And I think it's so – such a good – it also makes you want to eat. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, food looks really appetizing on them. Yes. Yeah. I think sometimes – it's very relaxing, those colors. It makes me feel like I'm – they feel very Italian to me, like – like on the Amalfi Coast, like yes. s- yeah, because like for so for instance, I'm thinking like a, there's a couple whose house I went to, and they have impeccable taste, but they clearly don't really love food, and so the table looks beautiful, but there is nothing appetizing about it. It's almost like a black marble kind of situation, you know, where you're like, oh, I see that this looks good, but it's not. Do you guys know like Tom Dixon that designer? Yes. It's like very heavy stuff. Like it kind of feels like that. It's like heavy and masculine and like robust but there's nothing warm or yeah and then like but what's food the, doesn't what's look the food that's, that. that they're putting into these things like because if you put like a bunch of pomegranates or like mandarins inside of a big chunky black thing i right. could be like the juxtaposition between this harsh and this like so fruit is beautiful but, and maybe i think right, like very but i think though. exactly like, in a photograph it's beautiful but when i'm there to eat I that makes me feel like yeah. I'm not supposed to be eating. I feel like I'm going to be pierced by the corner of your table because it's so hard. Or you're going to like if you take any part of it away, the monument will crumble. Exactly, <laughs> and also it makes me feel like only skinny people should be here because it's very austere, <laughs> right? Which like I want it to feel like right. It doesn't, <laughs> and big. It doesn't feel like salt and pepper shakers fun out there. You're just like ah. yeah, exactly. yeah, and a big yeah, and like just a huge bowl of parm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. (gasps) Sorry, back to your color combo. Yeah. Um, It's always changing, but right now, similar to yours, Kate, I'm really into like um, an orange, like a darker orange Mm -hmm. and like a magenta. Just like super warm, like very similar colors. Different when I was thinking of colors in my head. I was like magenta and orange or red and orange. I like red red and purple too a lot. But I also just got this really kind of cool muted bowl. Um, Muted, sorry, muted purple bowl, and it's like 
It has legs or one leg. It's it's very tall, but one it's not a, it's not like a cake stand. It's a yeah. bowl that's like got a pedestal on it. And I put these oranges in it, and now I'm just like obsessed with it. Ooh. I just stare oh. at it. Just the orange with that. Purple I have a friend who like photographed oranges in those purple containers. You know how like fruit comes in those purple cardboard oh yeah containers, and it was just like he was at some market and he had all these great like, color. color. And I was like that is the color combination of the year. Like, yeah. That's it. Okay, what is your favorite bad taste guilty pleasure? <gasps> you go first. Like my leopard print? Well, uh, I, I thought hot pink, hot topic, hot pockets. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Those to me would all be hot guilty pockets. pleasures that I'm totally down to. Hot pockets in. burned me once, literally, <gasps> and I can't have them anymore. How could they not burn you? It's literally like molten it's a lava. It's molten lava cheese. <laughs> made to destroy the roof of but your man, mouth. Man, if you've. Guys, I think that concludes part one of Taste. Thank you so much, Kate. I can't wait so to hear much. the rest of it. Oh my God. This was, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. We did. We did. There's we so much more to cover that we weren't very specific. So well, stay tuned. Be, uh, be nice and you'll always be in good taste and also good posture. Absolutely. <gasps> Amen. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.